talk to animals. My name is Shannon Cutts. I'm an animal communicator, Reiki master practitioner here at animallovelanguages.com. And on my shoulder, for those of you who are watching the YouTube version, is my ever-present feathered sidekick, Soulbird Pearl Cutts. He's uh, ready to do some roosting and preening. And I think that's pretty obvious from his body language. I don't think we need to be animal communicators to figure out. He's saying, mom, lap, mom, lap. Lap, <laughs> and here at Let's Talk to Animals, we're really, we have one thing on our mind, which is demystifying, de-wooing, if you will, all things animal communication, inner species communication. What is it? How does it work? How do you know it's happening to you? We are here to talk about animal communication basics and also what I call kind of the more advanced level, which is the animal communication is one piece of it. And then what do we do with the information that we get? And that can mean that the animal needs some assistance from other modalities. And one of those modalities that I'm passionate about and also work with in my own practice is Reiki. So today we've invited Diana Seidel from HeartSoulOttawa.com. And she tells me it's nice and cool where she is right now, which I, makes me very jealous here in scorching Houston, Texas. And I'm just so grateful, mm -hmm. Diana, that you have agreed to be a part of Let's Talk to Animals. You're a Reiki grandmaster as well as an animal communicator and intrigued by your story because I really feel like a lot of people are going to be able to relate to what you share um, and I feel like both of us, you know, we were kind of grown, if you will, at least on the outside when we started to feel more open about pursuing our interest in intuitive gifts and energy pathways, yes. different healing modalities. And it's a big passion of mine to open this up. It's not just for folks that shot out of the womb, talking to you know, all the let's note. I mean, we have we have plenty of guests like that on Let's Talk to Animals, and I love it. But that didn't necessarily happen to all of us. And no. that does not mean that it's a barrier to entry. In fact, sometimes the experiences can be more powerful. So welcome. And you know, we chatted a little bit beforehand. You've been doing this work a long time now, and yeah. yet. I always invite our guests to take us back to the beginning. I shared just a tidbit of your story, but just to the beginning, like how did you even know that this was something that was happening or even possible? And, you know, how did this journey unfold for you? Just, just share your story, if you will. First of all, Shannon, thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm really happy to be here and excited to talk about all of this. Um, my story. Well, I think it happened. Uh, I started sort of as a child being very intuitive, but didn't know that I was intuitive. I didn't understand that when I was hearing things, it was from spirit. I just thought I was crazy. So um, example, I would someone say, you know, guess what I did on the weekend? And I go, oh, you did this, this, this and this. I had no idea that I wasn't supposed to know. I was supposed to, my, the standard answer should have been, I don't know, what did you do on the weekend? And instead I told them and that got them super scared. Um, and that got me scared thinking, uh-oh, you know, what have I done wrong? So I ended up to be a very, I would say very shy. I went inward. I got very shy and didn't really say too much. I knew things, but didn't say things. And often it sort of started popping out every once in a while. It would 
sort of come out and people would say, well, how did you know that? And it's like, well, I don't know. I just knew it. So I ended up, you know, high school is, is really tough to begin with. Ah! To be strange, <laughs> to be strange oh. and weird yeah. is even worse. So I just sort of pushed that down until, gosh, I was, uh, I was married and had two kids. It was after my father passed away that uh, I kind of woke up and thought, you know, um, some interesting things happened uh, to me uh, after he passed away. And I thought, you know, I, I need to understand more about this. So I sought out some mentors and started going through and asking questions. And uh, I came onto Reiki and that really resonated with me. Um, and then after that, I have, I had the senior dog, which I think you can see right there. Yeah, I do. Uh, if, if you're listening, um, you won't be able to see it, but just describe him for us just a little bit, if you would. Sure, no problem. She, uh, her name is Coco. I'm and sorry, she was a, a rescue. <laughs> no problem. She was a rescue that, um, I was, it came into my life. Um, and she was 18 years old. Um, really good life with, uh, with us. Um, and she was very much my teacher. So in my healing sessions of Reiki, she would actually come in and sit down and, and I didn't know at the time that she was helping, I would always shoo her out of the room going, okay, you can't be in here. But I, I come to find out that she was actually helping. Um, and as she was getting on in years, she became blind and she became deaf and she became very isolated. And it was like, well, I can't, she can't hear me anymore. Cause I used to talk to her out loud all the time and she can't hear me anymore. How can I communicate with her? Um, and I think I was doing it all along. I just wasn't listening to what I was hearing. You know, you think that, oh, is that me? Is that my voice in my head? Am I making this up? Is that actually them? Um, so I sought out uh, an animal communicator and that's the catalyst that started me on, uh, on the journey. Uh, to animal communications. Uh, my daughter also has a, a, a horse who was having some health issues and he had to be shipped a couple of hours away and he didn't, and I wanted to get him to understand that, you know, we weren't shipping away forever. It was for his own good. And he would be coming back and I was able to communicate with him while he was away. Um, and that was another thing I wanted to do. So it's like, how can I do this? How can I accomplish this and bring comfort to both my daughter's horse was named Xander, my daughter, uh, Sarah, and my dog. So that knew, you know, his, her world was so small at the time. She couldn't hear a thing. And she just would look at me and like, you know, like you wanted to understand. I wanted to understand what she was going through. I also wanted to understand or be able for her to communicate with me to let me know that she'd had enough. Like it was time. And I didn't want to be the, the owner that kept the dog around because they couldn't let go. Yeah. I wanted to understand, okay, you know, what's the signal? When, when do you want to go? And, and when do you feel you've, you've had enough? So that was really why I, this whole thing all started uh, with animal communications. Diana, that's amazing. I mean, your heart just shines through as I'm listening to you because, and the, the motivation is so pure. And this is what I find when I connect with other practitioners is that often we do have a soul animal in our life who makes us, makes us brave, who mm -hmm. really somehow because I I can so relate to how you just shared that you you know you you got the suspicion that maybe you were just you were doing it all along you just didn't realize it 
I ran uh, a popular blog called Love and Feathers and Shells for a few years and wrote a couple of books featuring my soul bird, Pearl. And I would always have these conversations out loud with him and I do it all the time. And one day, not long after I, I received a message in meditation, which is usually when I get messages that I really need to pay attention to. And and I heard the words, you are an animal sensitive and intuitive. And I thought, well, that's fascinating, but I don't know what that means. And what then does I that started, mean? <laughs> yeah, I started to pay more attention to these converse, these ongoing conversations where I was literally talking to Pearl and then answering mm-hmm. as if he was talking yep. to me. And it started to occur to me that I, I'm not answering out of, you know, fantasy or fiction. I'm, I'm literally receiving information mm-hmm. from him that's spilling out of my mouth as my own words. And I'm wondering if there are listeners or viewers who are relating to this because it feels like a really important topic there. Our animals can be so creative in awakening us to our courage and mm-hmm. opening our awareness of all of the ways that information can flow in and Mm -hmm. really opening us up to what I'm starting to call the bells and whistles of the human, the human organism. There's so many that we didn't get a manual. Like I got this enormous manual for my car, which I still haven't read by the way, unless there's a light on that I don't understand. I certainly don't delve into it. That's right. Yep. At least I got one, you know. <laughs> you have a reference guide, right? There is no and reference guide for exactly. this. Exactly. There's no reference mm-hmm. guide. And so it's really up to how curious do we want to get? I think the the most, I don't know whether it's gratification or satisfaction that I, I receive is um, from owners where their animal has crossed over and they're looking mm-hmm. for answers as to how is, the, how is their animal doing? Are they okay? And did I make the right decision? And that's always the owner is like, did, should I, shouldn't I, did I keep you here too long? Should I not have? And animals, you know, they're so ever forgiving. I mean, they're okay on the other side. Like they're full of love and light. Um, they know that you did the best that you could with what the tools that you had. Um, they'll give you the signs. And if you're not going to get it, they'll, they'll continue to give you the signs until you get it. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's what I, that's what I like about animal communications. They, they tell you everything. Yeah. My daughter, my daughter had a, a cat, um, very, very uh, original name, Kitty. Uh, she was a little <laughs> tiny little thing. Uh, she was a, a barn rescue. Um, and she came into our lives and she was just so different, um, and when, I don't know about you, uh, Shannon, when you communicate with animals, but when I communicate with animals, I see them sometimes as humans, human form. So when I would communicate with Kitty, if you can cast your mind back to Greta Garbo and the old Hollywood with big fur and the long cigarette, that was her. She came in with the black mink with the, you know, the white and the long cigarette, and she would walk into the room and she would go, you know, I have people that do things for me. I have people. And that was her attitude. And that's just how she was and that and she acted that in everyday life um she actually would uh, head over to our neighbor she had two homes she had our home and she had the neighbor's home which we didn't know about until one day the neighbor told us said you know she comes over here every day we feed her she goes up to her daughter's room she does all this other stuff so when i 
I, she came back. When I came back, I, I looked at her and I said, so what's up with the two, of, two families? She goes, I just like to spread the love around. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I laugh so hard. It's like, you know, they have personalities just like us, right? And they have quirks. Yes, they, they have, do. They have everything that a normal human being has. So, you know, increasingly, and this really, this started way back in the day when I had left college, left my first job and had headed off to India to explore the inner landscape, so to speak. And I also did a lot of exploring of the outer landscape, which was very different from the urban metropolitan areas that I had frequented. And after, you know, I lived in a very rural area and after some time, it became increasingly difficult for me to tell the difference. And I was walking down one of the little dirt roads that led to the village who was the human animal and who was the cow and who was the chicken and mm-hmm. who was the dog. I mean, it, the, the, the pathways were, sh- were most definitely shared and very mm-hmm. amicably for the most part. And mm-hmm. I really, I look back now and I, I feel like that was really my first experience of how similar we are underneath. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it doesn't matter so much what our outer costume is. No. You know, and, and the ways in which we, we choose to communicate may be a little different, but that's true of the human animal as well. Some of us are very chatty and very talkative. Some of us, you know, when they when we do speak, it's gonna mean something because we we were very sparing with our words. And when I love your analogy of Greta Garbo, and because it feels like this is something I've started working on with my animal communication students. You know, if you were to give your animal a human job, if you were to give your animal, if you were to assign them a movie character or a cartoon character, you know, what qualities, even the name that you chose for them, what about that name resonated and taking, trying to try on for size, all of these different aspects of our animal that we don't necessarily put together in our minds as creating this cohesive personality that's every bit as rich and intricate as our own. And that really feels like it relates very much to the, the, the types of healing that is needed as well, because animals, non-human animals can hold the same types of trauma for the same types of reasons. They can end up with stuck emotions. They can, I mean, Mm -hmm. being rehomed, being um, mistreated, being misunderstood, feeling like the outcast, (laughs) the story you shared about feeling alone and shy and Mm -hmm. not sure where your people are. I mean, that's one thing I love to share with. Yeah. Where are your people? It's like, that's one thing I love to share um, here on Let's Talk to Animals is if you're, you're kind of wondering, do I fit in anywhere? I didn't, I didn't feel like I did. I'm in my fifth decade of life until I started communicating with animals. And then I I found a people like, Mm -hmm. wait a minute, Mm -hmm. me makes sense. Yeah. You know, did you find, because you came to it later in life too. So how did you start? Yes. Making that progression when you, you know, you decided you were going to do the, what, what I've done and what many of us have done, which is, you know, we hung out a shingle. We decided we were going to go public. We were going to go pro. What was that like for you? Even within scary your family and community. Heck. Yeah. Oh, scary as heck. I was so scared. I, I, I had been 
talking about it for almost 10 years. And, and I think it was my husband that said, you know, you know, are you going to do this? Or are you not going to do this? Because wow. You can't do it halfway. You can't either you do it and you enjoy it because I know you, you love to do it, but wow. you know, do it or don't do it. But stop talking about whether you're going to do it or not. You need to make a decision. So, you know, he's right. How did and, that, how did uh, that so, feel when you, sh- when he shared that with you? I mean, was it, was it like, <laughs> did you do it? You know what? You made a decision right I, then and there. <laughs> it was like, uh, well, it was like, why, why, why am I not doing it? Why am I so afraid to get out there and say, this is what I do? So it was more, you know, I came from a very religious family. Was that part of it? Absolutely. That was part of it. And what was, what were people going to think? Um, all of that. And it's like, well, if you're going to spend your life worrying about what other people are thinking, you're, you know, you're going to miss out on a lot. And that's what I was doing. And I wanted to share this with everybody. I mean, I wanted to share the gifts that I have had for a long time. Um, and it's okay to be different. <laughs> Um, and who says that I'm different? I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there that have intuitive gifts that aren't, aren't real, are sitting in the weeds like I did for so long, for so long. So don't sit in the weeds. Don't be a weed sitter. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I have a tortoise named Malti. She loves weeds. She'll eat every single one of them. All She'll weed your entire garden for you. And there you'll be this beautiful blossom. So please do take those words to heart because I, I was sitting with a friend of mine the other day in a local restaurant, and I haven't done that in, I don't even know, a couple of years now due to COVID. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, we yeah. were chatting. We she, she had flown in to take care of her elderly parents, so I hadn't seen her in a few years. And we were talking about, you know, growing up, because she's my, my oldest friend. I've known her since kindergarten. And... I, at one point, I don't remember exactly how it came up, but I looked around the restaurant and I said, I bet if we got up right now and went and talked to everybody in this restaurant and asked them if they've ever felt normal, I don't think we'd find anyone. No, <laughs> just... no. And so we're all walking around kind of, you know, wanting to fit in and missing the elephant in the room, which is we're here, we fit. And I think this is especially prevalent with the human animal today because we're so often portrayed as the invasive species. You know, we're killing the planet. The, the animals would be so much happier if we weren't here. We need exactly what you were sharing. You know, earlier, you didn't want to be that that dog mom who hung on and made your mm-hmm. dog stay well past when it was okay when it was, for her to tolerate to being embodied. and. And having that sensitivity and just realizing, you know, we do belong here. We are a part of, but we need to join back into the conversation and activate these intuitive pathways that everyone around us is using. <laughs> All the other species are using it and we can dial ourselves yeah. back in and just imagine, imagine as if these conversations are going around, going on all the time rather than well, if, you, if they are not. It, if you think about way before COVID, when you used to walk into a room, just picture yourself walking into a big, huge hall. There are parts of that hall that you're not going to want to go over to for whatever reason, right? Because it doesn't feel right. So people are doing it every single day. They're going with what they feel with, like, and they just don't know it. So everybody can be intuitive. It's just like, you know, you just need to stretch that muscle. You just need to 
to practice is what it, it comes down to, right? Mm-hmm. And finding a finding a good mentor, find a mentor that that resonates with you, and 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 pick their brain. And then when you find another mentor and pick their brain, and just keep going until until you find the what you're looking for. I guess might be the right way to say it. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. beautiful, beautiful way to say it. And I've, I've had many, many, I've, I'm very passionate about mentoring. And before I, I um, launched Animal Love Languages and one of many past career iterations, I ran an, uh, an online international man- mentoring charity that I founded for people recovering from eating disorders. And that's what we did. We provided people who were a little further along the recovery path, pathway to talk with mm-hmm. people who were just entering that um that path and it was it was very rewarding and and I, I believe in that because I feel like COVID in particular has pushed us into relationship with ourselves in a way that I feel like many yeah. of us were like no thank you I didn't order any of that not for me thank you and but it, mm-hmm. here it is and so really yep. what you said about if we, if we spend the rest of the time that we have here worrying about what other people think, well, first of all, we'll never know. We can always just ask, you know, if it's somebody very close to us and very important to us. And here, I love what Brene Brown says in her book, Daring Greatly, about if they're not in the arena with you fighting and, and, and doing the brave things and overcoming their own fears, maybe it's not worth asking them what they think, but like, look at your husband. You know, and he finally just came and was like, let me tell you what I think. <laughs> you know, I think you should do this. It's perfectly fine Not to sure. ask. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes I find that sometimes I work better in opposition. It's like, if I know what you think, maybe I'm going to discover that I strongly disagree with you. You know, you might think I should never do that. And I'll be like, you know what? I don't agree with you. And, or, or maybe you'll find that you do agree and then you can get it off your chest. But at the very least, put it on your bucket list and consider if you're listening or you're watching today that there's all kinds of reasons. And mm-hmm. you're, I mean, uh, the purity of your story and just wanting to be able to be of service to these beautiful animals in your life and just being willing to go such an extra mile just to to connect with one other being, two other, I'm getting goosebumps, two other beings in your life. and look at everything that's blossomed from that, but it that's didn't right. yep. start out that way. I would say far from it, given what you shared about yep. your upbringing and your, you know, the early pressures. And, and I think a lot of people, it's one of the reasons I wanted you to have you on the show is I think a lot of people will really relate to that and will find your personal brand of brave, very inspiring. Thank you. So, I actually have a corporate job too, other than this is, this is my, this is my passion, but you know, my mm-hmm. corporate job pays the bills. And even there, I didn't even realize what I was doing there. I was actually teaching people to be intuitive there. Like, what do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, what does it feel like? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was very much, uh, I was very much in a man's world. So you can imagine how well that went over <laughs> trying to get men to feel, how does it feel? What do you think? They're like, um, what do you was, mean by feel? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you unpack that yeah. for me? Can we parse that out? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so, true. You know, yeah, it's true. So, yeah, and, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. And I did that for 11 years and had no clue that I was doing, I was, I was doing it. 
until I looked back and went, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for years and years and years and years and just didn't know it. Right. Oh, so. interesting. So interesting. Everybody just, can do it. Everybody can do it and, and, and is probably already doing it. And consider that yep. again, you know, you don't have, it's not like you've got to have some kind of, it's so easy to fall into that trap of, you know, go big or go home. And that's another kind of mm-hmm. the old school model. It's like, we go big when we get up in the morning, because while we are no longer actively participating in the food chain of life, like all the other animal species out there, we are our own apex predator now. So it's a big deal mm-hmm. just to get out of bed. It's an act of faith. It's an act of brave. However you want to, however you want to relate to that in your own consciousness. And so, you know, whatever you're interested in, whatever you're curious about, that's where the good stuff is. And you don't need a reason beyond your own curiosity. Yeah, I love what Einstein said. It's either Einstein at one point said, he's got a lot of great quotes, but this is my favorite. Either every, nothing is a miracle or everything is a miracle. And it's like, yep. let's go find some miracles. Let's spend our day finding, discovering, uncovering miracles right where Mm -hmm. we are. And then if it's meant to do something, be something, I have a couple of students who they just, that one runs a a rescue charity for dogs. And Mm -hmm. she, I mean, you don't have to be, you know, I still hire other animal. It's like, you you don't have, there's no structure. You don't have to put any structure on why there's no, you don't have to even answer that question other than because it's there. And I'm curious and I'm interested now, Diana, you have a special heart for the younger set. And when you and I first connected, I mentioned that I wanted I I was hoping you would share a little bit more about how you work with the younger set. And maybe, you know, maybe there are parents out there who are listening, who are like, I, I actually, and here's a story. Here's one story that actually sparked my interest in reaching out to you originally. When my dad was just about to start his hospice journey, he was in a rehab facility and there was a, a, a nurse who was caring for him. Of course, my proud mother was running all over the room telling everyone that her daughter was an animal communicator, which was awesome. Um, and, one of the nurses said, oh, my daughter can, can hear all the animals. And I was just about to say, oh, that's amazing. And when she said, I'm so glad I'm not like her. And you could tell that she didn't understand what was going on. And it was a little scary for her. It was love that she actually was able, she actually opened up to me so that I could share with her, you know, some things to make it a little less scary. But can you share a little bit about, you know, maybe somebody's listening and they're like, I think my, my, son or daughter, my child is, you know, maybe having some interest in this path or having some experiences that I don't know how to to talk to them about and how you could maybe be a part of that conversation with them. Yeah, no problem. So I had, uh, I was, I can't remember, I think I was in uh, my my corporate office, actually. And I mentioned, mentioned, and this is a big deal for me. I mentioned that I was a I was a Reiki master and I did animal communications and, and a bit of an intuitive. And, and there's always a reason, everything happens for a reason. And this woman said, oh my gosh, thank goodness. I'm having my daughter, you know, she sees, I, I you know she's not doing well in school. I don't know what's wrong with her. We've seen doctors and, and, and they want to put her on medication. And I don't think that's the issue. And I said, well, what's going on? Well, she said to me one day, um, I said, 
you know, come and have breakfast and sit down on the table. And she said, I can't, mom, the table's full. And she goes, what do you mean? She goes, well, there's a whole bunch of people sitting around the table and there's no room for me to sit. Now, thank goodness this woman was very open-minded and she said, well, could, what do you mean by people and all the rest of it? But I've had other parents that said, you know, I think my kid is, is crazy. Like they're seeing things. And, uh, you know, this poor girl, like this, she had this one spirit that decided that it wanted to keep her up at night and play and, and she just wasn't getting any sleep. So she was, she was very desperate. She said, can you help me? I said, no, yeah, I'm happy to go and have a conversation and see what's going on. And I find that kids, you know, they're one, they're very open, yeah. very you know, open. And when you're open, um, sometimes in the spirit world, it's like, you know, water, they find a crack, um, they'll come. And in this particular case, the, the analogy I said to this girl that she was probably 13, 14 years old, I said, think of it as you've got this open for business sign blinking above your head and anybody that has is that wants to speak to their loved one walking on the earth is just lined up outside your door saying, help me, help me, help me. And she's overwhelmed. And so the question that I always ask all my young people and young adults is, is this something that you want to do? Do you want to learn more about it? It's a choice. You don't have to. You can say, no, I don't want this. What I don't say is, it's probably going to come up in another, you know, 10 years or five years. It's, you're not going to be able to get away from it, but it's okay for now. <laughs> but yeah. She just wanted to be a child. She just wanted to be a kid. Yeah. She wanted to go, have a good night's sleep. Um, and her response was, no, I don't want to. And I said, okay, so let's figure out a way for you to build a boundary and, to, and for you to understand that this, you know, you're not open for business 24 hours a day and you don't want this. You just want to be a child. So we worked on boundaries. Like, no, nope. and just saying, and just saying, no, I'm no, sorry, I'm not interested. I'm not here. I'm, you need to go talk. You need to go find someone else to talk to because I'm going to sleep and not to be afraid of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I've said, I said to her, it's like, if you are interested in this, if it's something that you want to pursue, and she was obviously a medium, medium uh, or a psychic, I said, if, if this is something you want to pursue, then you can ask, you can say, I'm open for business from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. And that's it. The rest of the time I'm gone. And if you're going to come and talk to me or visit me, I don't want to see, you know, skeletons and scary stuff. I just want to see you as a normal, as, as like you and I are talking, Sharon. You can, you can ask for anything and they will show up as, as, as you want them to, right? So once she heard that, she went, okay. So the next morning when she went down and saw all these people at the table, she said, okay, people, you got to move. I want to sit down and I'm having breakfast. Her grades came up. Uh, she was sleeping through the night. And I mean, it was like a light switch went off. It was, yeah. it was just amazing to see. Amazing to see. So It's much needed. If you, if you have intuitive kids out there, you know, be open to it and um, listen to them. And then seek out somebody that can uh, that they can talk to talk to openly about it who won't think that they're crazy it is important because, ten, they're probably yeah. not crazy they're probably actually seeing things and and that you know oh. there are there are 
so many other options besides just traditional Western medication and, you know, drugs. Uh, Mm -hmm. Many parents are very resistant to it. And I find it interesting that it's coming up more and more at a time when so many different, what feel like very new kinds of boundaries are needed. I mean, there's a whole, I read an article the other day about the need for the younger generations to, to really consider the boundaries they set online and on their social Mm -hmm. feeds and the impact Mm -hmm. that that can have. And this is just a deeper layer of that. And it's the same basic skills applied to ever subtler forms of communication. It really feels like a a process of, we are kind of, we are awakening, we are uncovering so many different levels of our, our, our power. You know, it's either either yeah. you congregate around the breakfast table and take my seat and I let you do it every day because I don't I don't understand yep. because it's not being talked about as much. It's not something that everybody no. it, it's certainly not part of the curriculum. I feel like, you know, the curriculum and, and as it is right now, there are so many things that need to be added in that, you know, it just isn't isn't keeping up with the times on some level yeah. of all the things that our younger folks are facing. And so, you know, you may even be, I remember when I was in, you know, high school and, and early college, sneaking out of the house to go to um, anorexia anonymous and overeater anonymous support groups. Like I wasn't going to whatever it was that the rest of my peers were sneaking out of the house to go to. I was, or when I was in the library, I was always in the self-help section or the metaphysical section kind of closeted, you know, reading these books, but not talking about it with anyone else. And so, so now we have all these pathways, like you may be a young person who's intuitive and you're listening to this and if so, go you and, you know, don't be afraid to reach out for support and, and, and mm-hmm. for, for, for knowledge that is your birthright. You deserve to know, and you, you need to, because it will help you to uh, feel confident in being all of who you are and being able to express yourself with all of the gifts that you, you came full, you came fully loaded, just face it, you're fully loaded. And, 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 you know, what can feel like, oh, I'm different. I'm strange now. You know, I love what you said, 10, 15 years, it's going to turn into your superpower. I promise you. By then we'll have a new cliche, but it's certainly, you know, and it's like, and again, it's just, it's just, it's just another opportunity to make a choice to just decide, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, we got this vast menu of options and, and what do you want to spend your one wild and precious life doing? I think that's Mary Oliver, but it could be someone else. But um, Diana, we're, we are at the end of our time. It is such a joy to talk to you. I do not want to get off our podcast today without you giving, giving you a chance to share with folks how they can reach you and how they can work with okay. you. And uh, anything that you would especially like to highlight for the younger set as well, um, would love to hear that. Okay, no problem. Um, the younger, young folks out there, uh, if you are wanting to talk to somebody, reach out. Reach, if, you, if it's not me, reach out to somebody. and Don't be afraid to ask those questions. Um, you'd be surprised how many people have the same gifts as you do. Um, they're mm-hmm. just not talking about it. So be brave exactly. and get out there. 
if I had had somebody to talk to a long time ago, would have made life so much easier. Really yeah. would have. Yeah. Uh, I'm a grand Reiki master. I do human Reiki. I do animal, animal Reiki. I do animal communications. Uh, I, my passion is young people and educating them about their, uh, their gifts. So um, anybody wants to get in touch with me, happy to do that. Um, my website, you know, um, heartsoulottawa.com, or you can reach me by email admin at heartsoulottawa.com. Thank you so much, Diana. Really Thank an you. honor Thanks and a for privilege. the opportunity. Absolutely. And um, for those of you who are watching and listening today, please do share this episode with someone who maybe a, a parent friend of yours who uh, has uh, is secretly intuitive or maybe not so secretly intuitive or someone who has mentioned that their child just seems to be, you know, a little different because different can be really, really cool. And please mm -hmm. do like subscribe, uh, you know, give us five stars or 50 stars if that's available in your area. It really does help spread the word. We're kind of a unique show um, because of the focus on pets and intuition and really mm -hmm eager to connect with anyone and everyone who has an interest in the kinds of conversations that we're fostering here at Let's Talk to Animals. So we do these, these, these podcasts and blogcasts on YouTube every week. Uh, you can head over to animallovelanguages.com backslash podcast and find all of the previous episodes and lots of other fun free tools to learn more about what we're chatting about today. So uh, value your time so much. Very much appreciate your listening ears and your viewing eyes and joining us today for this conversation and look forward to seeing you back here next week. Same time, same place for another fresh episode of Let's Talk to Animals. Okay. Bye, Diana. Thank you again for sharing your time. Thanks with so much. And take see care you next week. Okay. Bye for now. See you. Bye.